Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is the Two Old Farts. My name's Chuck. I'm Lou on the butt of the Two Old Farts. Okay. <laughs> we're going to keep doing that every week, huh? That's right. Every we're going to do every week. You're not going to argue? No, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> Does it do any good? Nope. Won't do any good at all. I didn't think so. Just, I'll tell you one, one thing I didn't forget to do. I didn't forget to turn on the uh, the mixer. I can I can hear just fine. <laughs> like last week when the girls yeah. were here. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can hear, but unfortunately, it wasn't through the headphone. <laughs> Why didn't you say something? Hell, I didn't realize it until we're kind of halfway through it. I was I could hear you, so I figured they just had the volume turned down low or something. I don't know. You know, when you get older, you don't really give a shit, and you don't even think about stuff like that too much. Yeah, you just power through it, I guess. Yeah, you just you just suck it up and move on. Suck it up and drive on. So how how was your trip? With, I mean, not a trip, but you and Brenda went to see Sting. At, like, That was a great concert. Uh, the last time we had seen him was maybe seven, eight years ago, maybe. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think it was just like a one-off concert that they had at ACL, Austin City Limits, the, the theater. But uh, this time it was a full-blown tour, and it was at the, the new Moody Center, which is on the UT campus, right next to the Daryl K. Royal Stadium. But uh, we, we had fourth row. We were, we were pretty close. He sang all of the hits, the police hits, his solo hits. It was it was a good show. He, put, he played like 22, 23 songs. It was, it was a good oh, wow. concert. Look at the pictures that you sent. Looks like Brenda was having a good time. Oh yeah, she was having a ball. She yeah. she loves the police. She loves Sting. Everybody loves the police. Yeah, it's you know it's kind of funny. This morning I was on the back porch. I was just piddling around drinking my coffee, and uh, I don't know. I one of the reels picked up. Yeah, when you do on Facebook type thing, I started listening to Creedus Clearwater. Maybe think of thank you, mom and Amy, and back in the times and stuff like that. I end up ordering a CD. <laughs> yeah. Man, but, growing up, that was about the only rock and roll that you listened to. Yeah, he. Well, you know, I like Chuck Berry. I was I was listening to a lot of that this morning. You know, and I like. I think that Chuck was from Berry. the fifties. At least, at least, Credence was from like the late sixties, early seventies. Yeah, but yeah, I think Chuck Berry is one of the, the one of the first and the leaders of rock and roll to get these guys doing some of the things. That, uh, he was quite a musician and an artist. I mean, he put on a show, and then you can see that as the time went on, fifties and sixties, to the different groups and as the music developed and and. The groups grew and stuff like that. Well, he and Elvis were definitely innovators and uh, showmen. I think they yeah, showed absolutely. what you could and should do in rock and roll and how it was different from everything else. And it was right. a rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. And then listen to Credence, uh, Clearwater, a revival this morning. I mean, they they did a little bit of everything. And it doesn't sound like a little country, but they had a little country in it. And I looked. Had a little bit of everything. Yeah, you can see the progression as music grows and and continues to grow, and kind of get back to the roots with when you have your uh, 
you know, your basic stuff and you, with your guitars and all that kind of stuff, uh, the blues and a little all that mixed, mixed into it. You, you're, you're not going to believe this when you, now that you mentioned the blues, but, you know, going back to the late, late 60s, early 70s, when uh, rock and roll was starting to get heavier, uh, a lot of today's hard rock, heavy metal, whatever you want to call them, like Black Sabbath and Judas Priest, they all started out in the late 60s, early 70s as blues bands, you know, or at least blues influenced rock and roll. Right. And it just kind of progressed from there as well as both bands are from the, as they say in uh, England, Birmingham, the Birmingham, the Birmingham area, or as we say in America, Birmingham. Yeah. It, it was a very industrial city, uh, metal presses and metal works and whatnot. And that sound that came out of those factories influenced that hard rock sound from those bands that came out of there. So, you know, like you said, you got Chuck Berry. You know, in the 50s, Elvis, and they carrying it into the blues. And then heavy metal comes out of the blues, believe yeah, it or not. That's amazing. It's not amazing, but it's, it's interesting how all these rock and roll stars, how they intermix with each other. Like this one, I was watching that one video clip with Chuck Berry. He had John Lennon on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Seeing them together, yeah, you would not think John Lennon would have anything to do with Chuck Berry or vice versa, you know, and all those kind of things. But musicians have a tendency to all hang together, and they all respect each other's work, I, I would like to say. Yeah, they do. You need to watch a lot more interviews and uh, concert footage. Uh, like the people who show up to other people's concerts and whatnot backstage, you'd be like, I'd never consider that. But yeah, they do. They, like you said, they respect each other as musicians, as artists. And sometimes they like the music. Yep. It's, it's pretty, it's interesting. Sometimes going back and watch some of the old stuff and watching the, how the different uh, genres are intermixed with each other, you know, and the, and the stars and like a, on one of them, I, I forgot who it was now, that maybe it was Creedence Clearwater. I can't remember that who it was. But anyway, they had uh, uh, Winona in there and was doing a song with him uh, and stuff like that. You know, you never think, I forgot who, the, who the, the rock and roll star was, you know, but his big guy. Okay. And Winona and her mother just happened to be in the audience. You know, I'm sure it was pre-planned and those kind of things, you know. And uh, so he invites her down and they, they did a couple songs and all that kind of stuff together. Speaking of old artists and, and, and blues-based and whatnot, did you know the Rolling Stone just released a new album? Yeah. And, I, th I didn't know John Fogarty was still alive. Uh, yeah, John Fogarty's still alive. Yeah, I was, I was reading a little bit about him, uh, uh, you know, this morning, just sat out there on the, on the back porch listening to the music and stuff like that. It was really interesting. Sometimes yeah, we just John Fogarty, he's close to your age. Uh, yeah, I think he's a year younger than I am. And uh, Mick Jagger from the Stones, I think, is a year older than you. Who's that? Mick Jagger from the Stones. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He, he's a yeah. year older than you, and they're getting ready. They're probably going to go out on tour. And I tell you what, if they come, 
you and I, we got to go check out the stones before it's all over and done with. All right. What do you say? We'll do it. We're going to see the stones? We'll do it. All right. You said it. We're doing it. <laughs> so did you get any feedback on our pineapple on the pizza? Feedback? That's what it was. I, no, I couldn't. I could not remember what I was supposed to do the Twitter poll on. And I kept like, I got to go back and listen to the episode. I got to go back. And, and I and I kept forgetting, man, I've been busy. God, it's been so busy at work because it's it's that time of the year where our civilian appraisals are done. We got to get them done. So I'm helping people write theirs and then I have to grade them and then get them to the higher level reviewer. And then she's got to review them. And it's, it's just been busy. And then I'm going um, going to Hawaii tomorrow morning for the, for the week. And it's going to be a long flight. Six and a half, seven hours from Phoenix to Honolulu. That's a long time to be in there. So you're going to Hawaii for a week? Yeah, for the week. And you're just not telling me? Didn't no. I tell you when you were here when the girl? No. I think I did. I no, think I you did. tell me about your, about your trip to Washington, D.C., and that was the last one we had. And then I think I said I was going to Hawaii next. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting, going to Hawaii. I'm not getting that old yet. Yeah, so anyway, you are. Anyway, we'll have to throw out to somewhere down the road talk about pineapple and pizza. See, how, see what kind of feedback we get on it. You know what? Now you've inspired me. I'm going to go right now to Twitter. So keep talking. All right. Keep talking. Get us. Yeah. So... You know, we don't want we don't want a lot of dead space. Well, a little so bit of good news from talk. our DAV chapter. I, I, I think I posted some pictures. We finally got that uh, transport vehicle in that we had, our chapter had bought and paid for for uh, Audie Murphy. It's really nice. It's, uh, I posted some pictures on Facebook and on our uh, website. It's fully air conditioned and it's nice in it inside. With the air conditioner, it's got little small fans that rotate, and you can you know position them and stuff like that. So that way, in the summertime, we're tra- people, you know, the veterans and their families from the parking lot into Audie Murphy, be able to stay cool. In the wintertime, they'll be able to stay warm. Uh, really, really nice vehicle. And uh, on November seventh at ten o'clock, and. Um, we're going to have a little dedication ceremony. So if anybody listening to us and want to come to Audie Murphy and be a part of that, uh, we'd like to have you. Uh, like I said, November 7th at 10 o'clock. It's on a Tuesday morning. We're, uh, okay. We're going to have a little ceremony and stuff like that. And they're going to uh, put the pictures of DAV logos and those kind of things uh, on the vehicle for us. So. We're excited about that. It's uh, one of the ways that, that uh, our DAV Chapter 14 helps pay back to veterans for what they've done and, and, and for the spouses and uh, family members if they need service, especially at the Audit Murphy. That's really a, I'm pretty proud of that. Uh, that's something that you and I worked on when you were the treasurer and I was the commander of our, our chapters. Only took us about a year and a half with all the stuff that they had to go through, but we finally got it done. Really nice. Yeah, I, I saw the pictures. Um, 
I, I need to save them and I, uh, and I'll post them on our Twitter feed or you could post them on our Twitter feed. You have the, the account information to log in there and do it. You should be doing that kind of stuff. Well, one of the days I get around to doing it next week, they're going to go ahead and put it into operation. So I'm going to swing by next week and take some pictures of, uh, well, as soon as they get back with all the logo on it, they said they were, uh, hopefully be done next week. So to do that, I'll take some pictures to show that I'm pretty excited and pretty proud of what, what our chapter and what our members have done, uh, Speaking of which, you need to t maybe take some video of it as well with the with the wrap and show some inside and outside kind of stuff. And, yeah, I will. Because you know, uh, when we put that out on, yeah, when we, when we put that out on the socials, and you know, we can hashtag it with DAV and veterans and all that kind of stuff. We can draw more support towards these efforts and causes. So when people are out and they see the veteran service organizations like DAV, VFW, American Legion, uh, or the Association of Purple Heart, you know, when they're out trying to collect money for veterans, maybe some of these people will be touched by that and, and want to give so they can give back to veterans. And our Vice Commander, Lewis Rayner, who's in charge of uh, rifles and things like that for us, he had posted that on the uh, Purple Heart chapter he's member and boy they were really excited about it and uh we're gonna have a raffle coming up here pretty soon we're gonna raffle off a 75 inch uh i can't remember now i think it's a samsung uh smart tv Ooh, uh, i like samsung tvs uh we're gonna raffle off a really nice barbecue uh grill at pit mm -hmm. uh, and a 250 gift certificate from heb you know okay Ten dollars, and we'll have that raffle drawing in um, in February. So, nice. We're excited about that. And the good thing about those fundraisers that we have like that, half of that money will go to um, national to help veterans at that level, and the other half stays in our chapter to help us do things that we want to do to help local veterans and stuff like that. And one like the scholarships uh, that we that we got. And one of them is for your daughter. And, and we got three other veterans that were given uh, scholarships to help them with their with their schooling and finances. And the good part of that is that they can use that money as they need to use it for themselves mm -hmm. and buy books or whatever it is that that they need. So there's a lot of things that uh, DAV and of course the VFW and all the other uh, veterans groups do uh, to help veterans out. Things that we just need to do, and I'm. I'm glad that the 204 is part of that process. I, I am too. I really am. And, you know, I, I got all of what I am from you, you know, the, the drive and whatnot to take care of people, you know, to care about people. I, I learned all that from you. Well, uh, and from your learned, service. And I, I learned it from your mom, your grandmother and grandfather and on both sides of the family. Um, uh, they were, they were just good people and they gave back, uh, you know, and then your uncles and, and how they served and what they did. Uh, it's all, it's all about what we do to help take care of each other. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. 
It's all about family. I, I'm going to tell you, I enjoyed that visit last weekend with your your granddaughters coming down. That was a lot of fun, huh? It, it was. It really was a lot of fun. <laughs> Making the uh, pizzas, trying to get them into the pizza oven without <laughs> them, the dough sticking and getting all kinds of wonky. It, trying, it was, to, trying to keep that pizza ring on instead of oblong. <laughs> Yeah, trying to make, the, you know, I got a newfound appreciation for people uh, who work in pizzerias and they're making the dough and they're tossing it in the air and like, uh, nope, <laughs> I don't know how to do it. And it would mess up and look ugly if I did it. But, you know, the girls had fun and, and that's that's what it's all about. It's creating memories and memories that they'll carry on with them and uh, they'll talk about when we're gone and, and they have their children and grandchildren. That's that's what makes life fun and makes it, that's what it's all about. Yeah, and uh, if anybody wants to know, uh, it's uh, uni o o n i dot com. They make great uh, pizza ovens, but you know they have like a ceramic stone that you you cook the pizza on. Um, it cooks a pizza in what about under a minute? Yeah, because it gets up to like eight nine hundred degrees inside there. Uh, you just get you a couple of pizza peels to turn them so they don't burn and then pull them back out. And like I said, less than a minute, you can make a pizza. Well, I got to give you credit. You, you're getting pretty good at that, your old fart. Right? <laughs> it's, it's fun watching. Uh, watching it. Now, Brenda, she got the touch. You know what the hell she's doing. <laughs> yep. She knows how to get it on and get just enough flour on it to where it doesn't stick to the pizza peel. So it'll come off easier in the oven. Yep. Well, I got to tell you, when we're talking about football, I was oh, watching Ohio State last night and uh, Notre Dame. Boy, that was a heck of a football game. Went right down to the last seconds of the ball game. Uh, my friend Ernie and I were talking back and forth. Well, he's a big Ohio State fan, and I, I'm not a big Notre Dame fan, especially since we were at 0-0 tie and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I like old Marcus Freeman, the coach there. I like what he's doing with the boys and how he's running that program. Kind of rooting for him just a little bit towards the end there. They, I can't ever root for Notre Dame in the stolen national championship in 1966. Yeah. The LSU game, that was, and, uh, that, was, that was a good game. LSU and Arkansas, it went down to the wire. Oh, man, I was rooting for Arkansas. They they were looking good. Yeah, me Jefferson, too. man, I, he's – He's something special. Yes, he is. I, I, I like the coaches. I like how they, especially uh, Sam Pittman. I, I like how he, I he, like him a lot. I like the way he talks to his boys. How he runs a program, and uh, it's not about him. It's it's about the boys, and that's what mm-hmm. it should be for us, you know. Uh, and that, that way, you're teaching these young men and young women in in those sports how to be. Good adults, good citizens, and that's going to last him for their their lifetime. And and a good teammate. Yeah, yeah. Because it isn't all about individual effort. It is a team sport. It it takes everybody to achieve. Absolutely. Uh, one person can't do it. it. It takes everybody, and that and you can see that teamwork in the players when they, when they do good and when they don't do good. Well, they they still got each other's back. They're coaching themselves up. I, you, one of the things I like about Sometimes on the TV, these guys will 
catch things on the sideline with the players, how they're interacting, and, and I think that's good. You can, you can really see what the teamwork's all about. But there's also a lot of life lessons that people who aren't playing sports, like you and me, that we can take from the game with, you know, if a player's having a bad day, you know, and he's making mistakes, if you got to think about the next play, you can't dwell on the mistake that you just made. You have to move past it. Otherwise, it's just going to bring you down. Absolutely. You got to learn from it, the positives and, and not so positive things and move on and try not to repeat those not so positive things and focus on them. You can't let it control you. Yeah, you got to have a short memory. Yes, absolutely. Well, I got a short memory. Maybe that's why I'm good at what I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But let me tell you, winning football, how many football coaches have got over a 700% winning average? Didn't we go over this last week? I don't know if we did or not, but there's four of them. At the top of the list is Frank Leahy. The These other. are coaches that are currently coaching, right? No, no. These are all coaches, period. All, all time. All time. Frank Leahy, I think he's been gone for a while. Yeah, 864 average. Then uh, Nick Saban with 804. Then uh, that's a lot of them. You got Urban Meyer, Jordan Woodruff, Barry Switzer, Tom Osborne, uh, Fielding Yost, Percy Houghton, uh Bob Nalen from Tennessee. Is, is Bear Bryant in there? Yep, Bear Bryant's in there. He's uh, Woody Hayes. Is Woody Hayes Woody in there? Ocean Beckler. Yep. Uh, Wallace Wade, Frank Cush. Woody Hayes is at a seven fifty nine average. And uh, what I look at is these guys have over two hundred wins. Like Woody Hayes is two thirty eight. Um, Bear Bryant, 323. Then uh, Nick Saban, 285. Then um, 255 for Tom Watson. I like that when Tom Watson was at Nebraska. And I like Bob Devaney when he was at Nebraska. He's, he is an 806 average, too, uh, when he was at Nebraska and Wyoming both. So. Think about all the life lessons that all those people have taught those players come along and and uh, what they do and how they do things. And really good. So did you watch the Alabama game yesterday? Do I? Did you watch the Alabama game yesterday? Oh, yeah. I'm going to tell you. That was a tale of two halves, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Uh, halftime, I think coach got uh, got somebody's attention. I think more of the coaches than it was the players. Uh, you know, you got new coaches and they want to do things, and he wants to do things his way, and, and all those kind of things. And you you got to have a little conversation at halftime. You could first time I've seen him on the sidelines with some emotion. Last week, you see a little bit, but not much. He didn't throw any headphones yesterday, the headsets. But you show sure see it on his face and when you're walking and stuff like that. So it's yes. funny you mention that because a few of the sports um, personalities on TV, you know, sports pundits and whatnot, they were all saying maybe it's time for coach to break a headset or two. Because <laughs> I think 
I think you hit the nail on the head. He hasn't been showing a lot of emotion to get those yes, boys fired did. up. But yeah. I think um, that team meeting, that te- the players-only meeting they had after the South Florida game, uh, a lot of people don't know that, but after the game, uh, the, the players locked the, the locker room, no coaches, and they had a players-only meeting. And I guess they all kind of had a meeting of the minds because there hasn't been any real leadership established amongst the players to keep people accountable. And I think you're starting to see that. Um, Kevin Steele finally started playing defensive coordinator because I started seeing him dialing up blitzes. Defense was just playing lights out. That was, and I haven't seen the defense that good in about four or five years at Alabama yeah. in that second they, half. They, they, they really come alive and you could, you could, you could just see it. And I'll tell you, I, I'm really torn on the quarterback situation. I like Jalen Milrow, and I think yesterday was a, a huge learning experience for him. And I, I see him, uh, uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I hope to see the maturity and, and development go along like we saw with him. And, uh, and I, I see a little bit of tour in uh, Ty Simpson the way he plays and stuff like that. So I, I can see that tie between those two players and, and those two former players and, and their leadership roles that they have with the, with the team and stuff like that. Uh, watching that second half hey, yesterday, really. Uh, Jalen Milrow looked very comfortable in the second half, and I think they made some changes on the offensive line as well because he started getting more time to throw. Yes. So I, I – a lot of, lot of critique and criticism. Um, he holds on to the ball too long. Um, he's not making his reads very good, but he, but he is starting to make his reads better. I saw in the second half, he was going one way and he didn't have anything. And as he was going to the right, he still didn't have anything. And then he came back to the left and he saw the open guy and he got the ball to him. Right. And we need the mobility that he has to roll out and keep and extend plays. So, I think he did a much better job in the second half of deciding when to run, take what the defense gives you, not turn the ball over, and just play sound Alabama football. And I think that's what Saban's trying to get back to, but the quarterbacks just weren't making those steps forward. And and that's why I I say he reminds me a lot of Jalen Hurts. Uh, When he first started with him, when he first started at Alabama, you can see some of those those traits in him. and. You know, coming out of high school, it's kind of like where they play ball, and it takes a while to adjust and to learn and to, and to buy into it. i tell you another game that I was watching last night that I was pleased with, even though the outcome wasn't what I was hoping for, and that was the UTSA in Tennessee. Oh, man, that was, they got, that was horrible. They, they got beat to, what, 35-14? But I'm going to tell you, the program at UTSA and what they're building and where they're going, uh, you can see those. And you got to get up there and play with the big boys if you want to learn and get better. It was worse than that, Dad. It was 45-14. 45 when uh, I went back to the Alabama game. But but to play in that league and the score – I was watching the Bobcats play a little bit. They looked fairly well, especially in that first half last night. They did uh, not look good in that first half. Uh, they yeah. definitely got a talking to at the halftime because they came out and just went to town yeah. on Nevada. What went was to the town. final score? I didn't I didn't get their final score. 
Um, let me see. And Nevada had a, a big lead at halftime, but which surprised me. But it was thirty-five-twenty-four. It's good to see those two programs playing and developing at the levels that they are developing at. Uh, it, it's it's good for the San Antonio area. To, uh, oh, most definitely. Yeah, because the coach at uh, Texas State used to be at Incarnate Word last year, and he took the Incarnate Word team way deep in the FCF playoffs because theirs is yep. a true bracket, like uh, the uh, NCAA tournament. Right. You know, you you play your way and you just win, win, win to the till you crown a champion. And I think he took them about halfway through. Yeah, I, I don't remember the Incarnate Word, but. I at one point, I thought yeah, they he, were he coached right. Incarnate Word. And Jeff Trainer, UTSA's head coach, coached the Texas State coach in high school. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah there's there's a lot of cross ties between those two guys and the programs. But it's good to see those local schools competing at the levels that they're competing at. Uh, at some point in time, those schools will, will get into the – Bigger divisions and uh, and do well, uh, and and by playing like Tennessee and the places, and uh, it's going to help their recruiting process. Right. Yeah, that's that's. I think it. I think it was like a three part thing. I think the athletic department wanted the game because UTSA got one point six million dollars for that game. Two, there's national exposure for UTSA to expand their brand you know, on a national stage against, you know, a really good SEC football team. And three, those players were exposed to elite talent. Not to say that UTSA doesn't have great or elite talent, but I'm talking about across the board, offense, defense, special teams, everywhere there's elite talent. And I, it's to show those kids like, look, you can play against these guys. Absolutely. And it and, and they learn from it. And, that, and that's what, back to your point earlier about team sports, uh, they learn and, and they'll talk to each other. And, and, and you're right. When you're competing against a, a higher level of competition, because they are division, there are individual players who are just as good as other players. But on, on the team level, uh, you're adjusting and you're adjusting up. And that's what makes it fun. And, and to see him grow, and like this backup quarterback last week, I I didn't think he looked that good. Uh, and I think they but, pulled him in the second half. Yeah. So, and I think that's when UTSA got some points. Yeah. But I didn't get to watch the game because it was competing against Alabama. So. Yep. And I didn't get to watch the Colorado game because it was competing against Alabama and UTSA. Yeah, I didn't watch any of Colorado either. And, so, and it did not look good. No, I didn't. But you know what? Uh, you got to give Coach Prime uh, credit. They're going into um, and they're building a program. And it goes back to what we're talking about now. If you want to get better, you you got to play different. You got to play better talent. You, you got to get up there with the big boys and play. And I guarantee you, Coach Prime is. is they're going to learn a lot from that game last night. Uh, Yep, they will. Uh, I, 
I think he's a, probably a pretty good coach and, and, a, and a good guy. And I like, I like, really, I like the way he's coaching. I, I didn't really was not a fan of him when he was playing ball, but watching him coaching at Jackson State and then this year at Colorado and what he's doing, I, I think he's doing a pretty good job. Uh, and what's fun is to see the players react to him. That and that's when you know you're making an impact. And, and that's kind of what I saw last night with Saban. Um, and all well, all these coaches that we're talking about. I agree. Yeah. So. And on that, if you look up in the top right hand corner, yeah, we got thirty two minutes here. Yeah. Your your aunt's gonna be sending me an email, and we went over time. Yep, yeah, and fun. I did. Yep, and I didn't even at the beginning. I meant to do it. Um. I got to start doing what everybody else does on their YouTube channels and podcasts. Like if you like us, hit hit the subscribe button, hit the like, make sure you share, spread the word, subscribe, like, spread the word. We're very That's happy. Cool. Yeah, we're very happy. Um, I was just telling my wife yesterday, I'm so thankful that we're having an international reach, not just here in America or, you know, in Canada. We're, we've got a subscriber from Ontario. like every week doing downloads I'm, I'm super pleased with that um so far this month it won't take but just a second we yeah, you, have had there were some pretty good numbers you'd give me yeah uh 20 from north america or from from the u.s three from south africa two from australia two from canada two from indonesia two from zimbabwe and one from guatemala all right. So Central no. America, America, Canada, South Africa, Australia, like that. Yeah, we're we're hitting continents now. We're how many total? Da- how many total downloads we've had so far? Uh, two thousand eight hundred and sixty-four. Okay, we're getting close to that three thousand mark. Yeah, we are, and uh, this month we're up twenty-one percent versus the same time last month. For August. So, yeah, we're having more consistency, more downloads, but I think it's because we're posting more consistently. So we're going to get better people. I think we kind of got the technology issue solved. Um, But at any rate, uh, we're very thankful. We are the two old farts. My name's Chuck. I'm Lou, better looking at the two old farts. So, again, hit like, hit subscribe, share, spread the word. We're very thankful that we have you. Uh, please continue to listen and spread the word. Y'all take care. You have, you have a good trip. I love you, son. Thanks, Dad. Love you, too. All right. Bye. All right, bye.